And now, making their way into the arena, hailing from the great pro wrestling state of Massachusetts, they are the hosts of the Top of the Cage podcast. Here are Bill and Juice. Thank you again, Rich Palladino. And as he said, I am the super producer. I am Bill, joined always by my tag team partner, my wrestling confidant. He is the future booking genius, Justin Juice Cannon. Boom. Boom. Baby. I'm gonna add another nickname. I'm the Prince of Pro Wrestling Podcasts. Prince of Pro Wrestling Podcasts. What does that make me? The Jester? It makes you my other prince, the Prince. You're my bro. You're Prince too. All right. So we're brothers in this scenario. Okay. That's fair enough. Fair enough. We're like you- brothers like Undertaker and Kane are brothers. Fair. We're the brothers of Podstruction. I can't tell Does that if work? that flows or if that doesn't flow. <laughs> I'm just saying, yeah. we'll, we'll, we'll see how it goes. I don't know how to transition this into our guest tonight, but uh, we have our first repeat guest on the podcast tonight, and it was actually our first guest that we've ever had on the podcast, so I think that's really fitting, and that is the face that formerly ran the place, Chase Del Monte. I love having Chase on. I know he apologized for long-winded answers, but like, I'll be honest, it makes our job a little easier. Yeah, I think he's got the podcast game um, down, down to a T. Uh, he's a great guest to have again. Can't wait for you all to listen to it, and we'll just, uh, unless Billy has anything to add, we can just go straight to it. Nothing. It's a great interview. Another great person, great wrestler, great trainer, great guest. So let's just get into it. Ladies and gentlemen, Chase Del Monte. What's up, listeners at Top of the Cage? We got another interview for you. It's me, Juice, joined by my co-host, Bill. And we got the return of our first ever guest coming back, Chase Del Monte, a member of the unit now, former owner of Chaotic, uh, still, still owner of NEPA, right? You still own New England Pro Wrestling Academy. Technically, I, I still own Chaotic Wrestling. Uh, I don't control. I don't control Chaotic Wrestling. Jim yeah. Teton is now director of wrestling operations. So I write checks, I book buildings, and I sit back there and I collect dust. Well, up until recently. Yeah, recently uh, you were active again. You were prom- promoted from just mere humble water boy to actual unit member, talk about rags to riches, uh, promotion, how'd that, how'd that feel? I mean, it's a, you know, it's a classic Cinderella story. Uh, you know, I was uh, cleaning up after my evil stepsisters one day, uh, and then Prince Charming came along and pulled me up out of poverty, and, you know, I'm living the good life now. Uh, you know, just tough, you know, it comes with business. Tough decisions need to be made. If I don't, uh, I don't have to agree with JT Dunn uh, or everything that he does, uh, but he is in control of my company. So, you know, if it comes between, as I told Davey, if it comes between anybody and chaotic wrestling, I, I choose chaotic hands down. Uh, so I did what I did. 
you know, is it the best thing I've ever done? You know, do I feel good about it? Not really. Uh, but I've done a lot worse things as well. So, I mean, it's, you know, on the scale, it's uh, somewhere in the middle. It must be strange fighting with a dude for, for months, for even longer than months. Yes. And then him beating you down. And then just months later, you decide to join him. How's that just weird transition? almost weird that it hasn't been weird uh you know i think there's somewhat of a you know uh, at least a mutual respect that has been built up all after all of these years uh he you know the original match jt was supposed to have when he his first match in the company was supposed to be against me for the heavyweight title uh before i hurt my neck so that match actually had to get rescheduled and stuff but when we basically have been you know tied together for his entire uh going on six, seven years in the company now. So we've, you know, <laughs> constantly been at odds, usually on the other side of the ring from one another. But again, that kind of mutual respect is sometimes forged in battle. Uh, so now, you know, kind of being together, it's been, uh, it's been almost like, you know, kind of like in the movies when they say things are too quiet, like kind of feels like that sometimes. It's eerie how connected we are. If you guys saw that uh, link or that video from uh, As We Should of us hitting stereo death by elbows. I mean, come on, look at that synchronicity. Yeah, he even said that you got the spin correct. I know it. I, I was practicing it. <laughs> Spinning around my house for days. Anybody who listens to this podcast knows that I am an absolute unit, Mark. I will not hide that. I show my colors. So, I mean, to see you finally come to the good side, take the pledge, that was, that was beautiful to me. I loved it so much. Well, I'm glad someone felt really good about it. <laughs> there wasn't many. Yeah, I was one of the not many. As I'm a love Doug Mark, so <laughs> I'm anti-unit all the way. Well, you might want to get, uh, get some funeral arrangements ready for poor love Doug uh, come Cold Fury. I don't know. I, I don't think so. I think he's going to rebound and finally get that w, something in the wind column. Jesus, rebound. Let's, he's going to need more than a rebound. He's going to need a rebound and a, like a howitzer tank. So let's talk about Cold Fury. I mean, that is the next chaotic show coming up. That is going to be on April 15th. That is two Fridays away from our recording. Do you think that there's any matches on that card right now that could possibly top the main event? I mean, the main event being a steel cage match for the world title is already up there, but... Yeah, I mean, honestly, I think any single one of the matches could have main evented uh, its own show. You know, steel cage match between JT and Davey after everything they've gone through obviously is that you know going to be at the top of the card in the main event uh, as it should be uh and i think that is going to you know blow the roof, uh, roof off the place but the undercard isn't too shabby itself i mean six-man tag mike verna danny miles uh trigger the og versus matt taven vinnie marcellia and dutch I mean, that's a huge six-man tag right there for the tag titles Aaron Rourke versus Flip Gordon, AG versus Alec Price, the triple threat for the New England title, Cashew, uh, Smokes, and Mortar. I mean, I think it's going to be a, an interesting, you know, series of who can top who uh, come Cold Fury time, which is, you know, as a, especially for the fans, I think is the best kind of thing because I think everyone is coming in. This is the first Cold Fury that there's been in two years since of COVID. Um, you know, he actually even decided to leave the, the number Cold Fury 19 alone and keep that as the canceled show. Um, uh, so that kind of has its like place in time. So Cold Fury 19, there really is no Cold Fury 19, but we're on to the 20th one. And I think, you know, being back home in Lowell, which is the home of is, uh, the most Cold Furies than any other place uh, that we've ever ran. So, I mean, there's a lot of history, a lot of, you know, just kind of uh, things wrapping up and coming to the head like they do at a big show like this. Uh, I'm pretty pumped for it. The one thing missing from Cold Fury is, I mean, all the unit members, well, the, the usual unit members are performing. 
except uh, you don't have a match. Is there any plans for you to do something there? You know, it's a big show. We have a big card. Uh, I still am not cleared to wrestle from JT. I, I think I have to prove my loyalty time and time again. You know, I think uh, my first night as the unit, you know, get Davey having that steel cage match wasn't really the uh, kickoff that we wanted. Kind of uh, left with our pants kind of around our ankles. So that wasn't the greatest kind of look for us. But you know, I think uh, I, I kind of showed my worth with as we should coming out at the end. I think, you know, we're setting up pretty good for the unit uh, to walk out of Cold Furious, uh, Cold Furious, <laughs> Cold Fury with all of our titles uh, held high. And, you know, I think a return to the ring hopefully is uh, imminent, you know, coming. But even even if I don't have a match per se, that does, doesn't ever preclude me from getting my hands dirty. That's what the unit does. They uh, don't play nice. So don't play fair all the time. So maybe you'll be in the corner of one of your guys. Just um, stay out of Love Doug match. I want Love Doug <laughs> to have a, you know, he doesn't need any more things ag- against him. He already is facing a big baby AC Day. <laughs> I, I can tell you right here, spoiler alert, Chase Del Monte will not be anywhere near a death match. Light tubes, you know, I don't know if they're going to, those are going to be there, but thumbtacks, other things like that. No, thank you. Uh, not interested. So they can go kill each other. Uh, I'll be safe in the back. This is going to be my first death match I see. Well, technically second death match I see in person. I think the first one wasn't called the death match, but no. I, I am very excited for it. Like I said, you know, big, big unit mark, especially for AC Baby, representing us big boys out there. Love to see it. Big boy season. Have you have you been in a death match before? I don't know if we got into that last time. No, uh, not, not by name. Uh, I've been in plenty of, you know, big time gimmick matches, uh, steel cages, ladder matches, the uh, last man standing, Iron Man, you know, the whole kind of nine, two out of three falls, you know, street fights, you know, no DQ, everything kind of like that, but never a death match and uh, not really interested either. I ain't looking to die. <laughs> I mean, talk about not in death matches. You were in a very brutal match in November. You were in a breaking point, Team Chaotic yeah. versus The Unit. Uh, how how's recovering from that match? Because that was pretty brutal. No death match, but it was pretty close. Yeah. So I mean, I, I guess that does kind of like just uh, depend on what your definition of death match is. Like, what's to separate a death match from a no holds barred, from a no DQ, from a straight fight? Like, it's really kind of uh, you know splitting hairs here. Um, but that that match uh, did take uh, a bunch out of me. That uh, chair shot from Dango was no joke. No joke whatsoever. Uh, that rattled me uh, quite a bit. I'm still standing though, I'm still standing. You know, it, it certainly takes a lot more out of me than it used to when I was younger. I used to be able to, you know, have two to three matches Friday, Saturday, Sunday. You know, be up on Monday, hitting the gym, walking around like nothing happened. Uh, that one, uh, that one was about a week or so <laughs> before I would think I was really uh, walking normal again without the lump on my head. Talking about uh, some of your matches that you've had within the last year, I mean, clearly the match with JT was one of them, but that was also a really great match. Do you have a favorite compared to either one of those two? Just out of those two, the breaking point match and the singles with JT? I mean, if there was another match that you think we were overlooking, definitely definitely let us know. I mean, post-COVID, I mean, I think the one with JT probably stands out the most, uh, you know, had the most riding on it, the biggest kind of, you know, stipulations and look on it. Uh, My first time back in the main event uh, in quite some time. Uh, And I like to think we, uh, you know, lived up to the hype and uh, outdid ourselves. So uh, I think that one, you know, I I prefer, you know, while, you know, multi-man matches are really fun because you get to play with all those elements. There's nothing like just being out there with one other guy in the ref, you know, uh, and doing battle with one another. 
Although I guess everyone did clear the locker room, so it wasn't exactly one-on-one, but. Yeah, everyone got involved. Even uh, Rich Palandino got involved. <laughs> I know it. Rich had my back. It was nice to see. It was a little surprising because when we had him on our podcast, probably uh, almost probably a month before the event, he was saying how he typically does not like to get involved with in-ring action and in storylines. So when we saw him get involved, we knew it was a really big deal. You know, and that's, I mean, that's true. I think Rich has probably done in his, you know, 22 years since the company has been running. I think he might've has physically gotten involved. That might've been the second time uh, once, you know, he was uh, fired before and came back, uh, you know, to get some revenge. And I think that was the only time up until uh, in December when he stood up for me and uh, chaotic and, you know, I wish it would went another way post uh, him getting involved, but, you know, the spirit was still there and the appreciation for sure is still there with uh, Dino. Now that you're with the unit, he's still against the unit. He's still taking Davey's side. He can't take your side, obviously, but how do you feel about that? I mean, are you going to have to take action against Rich? You know, for me, uh, I'm trying to keep things all on the level of business. And that was my decision point for the unit. Again, I don't have any ill feelings towards Davey. I, I love her dealing just as much as I did, uh, you know, before I had to do what I did. You know, and again, it was for the betterment of my company. Uh, Rich, I, I understand. I, under, I still appreciate what he did for me. And I understand that his perspective hasn't changed. Maybe it never will. Maybe he'll start to, you know, kind of bend and see what I'm talking about. And he'll give me the benefit of the doubt, you know, I, I can't really, you know, be concerned overly with everyone thinks of every single decision I make, as long as Rich continues to show up to work, uh, talk on that microphone, announce our shows and be the professional that he is. I'm going to be that professional back, you know, maybe what he says in the corner of uh, locker rooms or post show after he has a couple beers in him, it might not be the most glowing review of me or my crew. But I don't know, people have been, you know, taking pot shots at me 18 years, it's uh, it comes with the business. If you, don't, if you don't have heat with somebody, you're not doing something right. Well, we know Juice has heat with Danny Miles, at least. So, <laughs> so, you, so that means you're doing something right, Juice. <laughs> what do you mean? I'm his favorite. <laughs> yeah, because you said you were going to be a future booking genius. He told you that'll sell some T-shirts. So that, that probably made you feel real good. <laughs> well, even with the sarcasm. <laughs> Keeping on the topic about doing what's best for business. Again, going back to Cold Fury a little bit. Um, you know, we're we're seeing Matt Taven and Vincent and Dutch all come in. You know, big names across the wrestling industry. So that kind of leads us to questions like, uh, who are some wrestlers that are not you know regulars within Chaotic that you would like to see make an appearance coming up? It's so hard to kind of answer. You know, there's such a great talent out there. Um, obviously, Biff, um, looking to get him back. It stinks that we had to postpone that show and then dates couldn't work out. But I mean, it's great to see him out, you know, uh, making such a killing. Uh, no, no, not a shot at WWE or the stuff that he did there. But I do think he was kind of pigeonholed and, you know, uh, not held back, but just not allowed to be himself and really give the world when he had a world stage, the full kind of Biff music that everyone, I think, would have loved uh, and wanted to kind of see. So it's nice to see him you know now get out there in front of all these kind of shows and gcw's working uh you know mocks and everybody like that and really just you know again showing him really showing his talent to the world hopefully we get to bring him back into chaotic here soon enough uh so he can show our fans as uh as well a little bit of a homecoming uh so he's the first one to kind of jump off the uh page at me everybody else it's one of the uh, both the positives and negatives of chaotic is, you know, we do have such a strong roster of, you know, people that it's really kind of hard to bring so many outside people in because every time, you know, we do look to bring somebody in, it's like, well, that 
does somewhat mean that one of, you know, our usual favorites aren't going to be there that night or, you know, again, they're relegated to another position. So, you know, again, with only so matches to fill on a card, there's, you know, tough decisions to make uh, kind of across the board. That's fair. And um, I just wanted, this is not really a question, just kind of something to add about fifth because Billy knows that's one of my favorites. Um, even even though WWE misused him, I still like Oni, but Oni's nowhere close as awesome as Biff. Yeah, I, I think this past weekend showed how awesome Biff is because he had some of the best matches of WrestleMania weekend, and that's including WrestleMania. Like him and Moxley at Bloodsport, that match was just beautiful. A couple up, well, you know, he, he was a busy boy. <laughs> he had like three matches in one day at one point, I think on Thursday or something. Yeah, I, uh, to tell you the truth, I don't really follow everything that goes on. I kind of get the the hits. Um, I got I got enough on my plate with a wrestling company, a wrestling school, and everything else I got going on with the Cold Fury. I mean, I'm, obviously, I watch WrestleMania, but every, everything else, I just kind of again, I get the high, highlights and you know stuff. Uh, check in with Biff here and there, and uh, <laughs> get crazy little uh, text back from him. <laughs> Kind of speaking about WrestleMania weekend, I mean, like I said, we just had it come come and go. I feel like it always is like a big buildup and then it comes and then it goes. It's almost like Christmas. Like you get so excited for Christmas, it comes and it goes. But what was your favorite match from WrestleMania this weekend? Uh, Stone Cold. Stone Cold. Oh, okay. definitely. Definitely. I don't, you know, it's it's pretty hard to, you know, top that. Get, getting to see Austin again, you know, the somewhat see the, you know, stone-faced badass in the beginning to then just you know the look of genuine emotion on his face you know post-match during the beer bash and stuff like you know the huge smile and stuff on his face like i mean that's just that's wrestling right there it's genuine real emotion like the reaction from the crowd you know reminded me of wrestlemania 18 with you know rock hogan of just like you know every single person there knew exactly what they were watching i mean they were watching history in the making and you know just kind of like a almost a like an addendum like an epilogue to you know like one of the greatest careers in the world you know and i think to kind of have that cap where you know the last match at wrestlemania 19 with the rock which was you know no shabby of a match no like not like he went out like less than himself or ever um but i just to kind of see austin go out as austin you know uh there's always the wrestling adage of you know like going out on your back and like you know putting over someone when you're young maybe it's because i'm now charting much uh older but it's, it's Stone Cold. Stone Cold wins. Stone Cold hits a stunner and Stone Cold wins. Like, that's what it's done. You know, the same thing with, like, The Undertaker. I think The Undertaker should have never have lost. He can, he's, he's the goddamn Undertaker. You can win. You can win and you can just be undefeated. You put over enough pieces of garbage <laughs> throughout your career. You know, you deserve a win, bud. I definitely agree with that take, too. I, I was always somebody who grew up big Undertaker, Mark, and I, I was so sad when the streak ended. If anybody was going to end the streak, I was hoping it would be CM Punk during that. And then it always triggered me when, when Paul Heyman would say that he's the one in 21 and one, well, which one is he? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I, I don't hate on, you know, the fact that they ended the streak. I mean, it is what it is. It's just, you know, it's all wrestling. It's uh, uh, just a single match. And I understand those kind of points, but I, again, I, I certainly think they could have kept uh taker streak alive and had him retire this weekend with, you know, 23, 24, whatever, whatever he's up to now. I feel like this is actually a good opportunity to ask you as a wrestling trainer. So we saw Pat McAfee get in the ring again against Austin Theory. I got to admit, Pat McAfee is kind of a, a born wrestling early <laughs> sports entertainer. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, it's it's not uh, 
not too surprising. You know, I didn't, I didn't really know uh, much about him. Uh, I do not watch or follow football at all. Uh, and I don't get to see much of the, you know, weekly product. So, I mean, I, I know he was an announcer kind of knew he was a punter kind of, but you know, I had the highlights. I didn't even know he uh, wrestled in NXT. So when they did that promo package kind of like showing that he actually did like go and actually get some training. Like, I mean, I was, you know, uh, going into the match with Austin theory, having never seen uh, him before, I was just like, well, you know, he's a, he was a pro level athlete, you know, and now he's actively been training and working hard on this. And, you know, I mean, even the same with like Logan Paul, I thought he did exceptionally well being the kind of personality he is and stuff. And I mean, having a wrestling background, but I mean, I thought all the celebrities killed it this year, you know, Pat McAfee obviously has the personality, uh, you know, down Pat. Um, and I think he did a phenomenal job. It's, you know, it's, Good to see uh, people kind of, you know, actually put in the work, I think, to, you know, be a professional wrestler and not just kind of come there uh, to collect a paycheck and, you know, hit some stupid move and just kind of like take the pin and stuff. I think both of them are, you know, not even, uh, who else did we have? Was Pat Mac, he wasn't there another celebrity? Johnny Knoxville. Johnny Knoxville. <laughs> he was a little less technically sound. Johnny, if you're listening, you can come by Nepla and we'll uh, teach you some basics uh, for next time if there is one <laughs> but still you know i mean for what that match was you know it's a plunder uh kind of you know no dq kind of silliness kind of match and you know i dug it i thought it was uh you know super fun watching uh sammy sink uh slam by Wee man oof that was one of the spots of the show for me that was my probably of night two that was probably my favorite spot yeah and the hand hitting sammy <laughs> <laughs> that that was fantastic <laughs> Yeah, they were just like, how many stunts from the Jackass franchise can you put in the one match? You know, it was more than I expected. I was curious what they went, how far they would go, because like uh, they don't really WWE doesn't like do blood anymore and like mm. PG. I was curious how far they'd go. They at a couple points they went further than I expected. <laughs> When we were talking about, uh, you know, kind of the, the celebrities being in there, you know, one thing you were talking about was how well, you know, like a Logan Paul did with his with his heel mannerisms and the charisma that Pat McAfee exuded. So as a wrestling trainer at uh, New England Pro Wrestling Academy, what are some of your favorite things, you know, being just like a move or psychology or just the general principles of wrestling that are some of your favorites to teach to your students? Really, I mean, you know, I guess there's really nothing specific. It really is just the art of professional wrestling that I, you know, I really love so much. And, you know, teaching the kids, you know, some of the the basics, you know, kind of stuff. I don't teach those as, you know, as much anymore. Uh, generally, we have a beginner ring and an advanced ring. So I'm usually running more of the advanced uh, student drills. So, you know, basics are just kind of tedious muscle control and kind of just, you know, learning the muscle memory of taking those moves, but, you know, actually breaking down wrestling. Uh, and it's not really any one piece, but I, you know, thoroughly uh, enjoy like watching someone, you know, see it and it click for them. And, you know, like you can just kind of tell when it kind of like, you know, they have that, like, I guess, you know, aha moment. They're like, oh, and you can like see it snap into place for them of like, you know, they might've heard the same thing over and over and over again, you know, stupid little uh, cliche things like less is more, you know, but like you say it like the a thousandth and fifth time and all of a sudden, like, you know, the example or analogy you use finally just clicks. Um, and then just, you know, generally seeing the kids walk in from their first day to debuting on Chaotic and then going out, you know, and making uh, names for themselves on the indies and stuff. It's a, 
uh, a very rewarding uh, kind of aspect of the business that, you know, kind of taking control of the school kind of fell into my lap. Wasn't anything kind of that was like fully on my mind, uh, but, you know, is something that's been a, you know, a huge pleasant surprise that, you know, I can really, you know, see myself doing this for the, you know, foreseeable future as, you know, I might I certainly won't be able to wrestle forever. Um, but I think, you know, to be able to engage in professional wrestling in a different way and to train uh, and still be a part of it, you know, I'm uh, much uh, looking forward to the future and, you know, furthering my training career. Yeah, it's definitely a good feeling to be from like Haverhill, Massachusetts and be like, oh, yeah, like the birthplace of stars just kind of casually in my backyard, <laughs> um, you know, because you guys are doing an awesome job. I mean, you know, we've we've had plenty of not only chaotic wrestling, but uh, New England Pro Wrestling Academy students as well. And, um, you know, the, the crop of talent you guys have and that you guys crop of talent you guys are continuing to grow is just incredible. Appreciate that. And one question I just want to ask too, because uh, we had Maddie Meats on uh, not too long ago, and uh, interviewing Maddie Meats. <laughs> he's a close. Cool. He's a close personal friend of mine. I'll give oh, you that. He's a close right. personal friend of mine. But, um, I think you guys might be giving him a little bit too much publicity too quick. Yeah, he, it definitely went to his head. I'll say that. Uh, <laughs> but one thing he was talking about because we were just talking about kind of the training methods. Um, I believe he called it like the the box of a thousand gimmicks, or, or is that? Box correct of, yeah, yeah. Box. so is that is that an idea that you came up with or is that something that kind of has been passed down throughout the history no that's actually uh big scott um you know my co-owner and uh trainer at the school that's something he had and i'm not sure if it's from a different school or where he exactly got it it is also kind of like an old almost like wrestling joke you know if you'll ever listen to obviously like Bruce Pritchard's podcast they talk about like you know like handing out gimmicks like that it's the box of gimmicks so like Red Rooster is always like a good one to use like you know Terry Taylor was just the poor fool who reached into the box of uh gimmicks and got the Red Rooster it's like oh now I got to be a giant chicken so you know it's a it's a you know a good drill it's usually we do it with uh like more of uh, sort of like beginning to intermediate students, especially ones that are having a little bit more uh, trouble, like kind of coming out of their shells and kind of like just engaging with that kind of piece of wrestling. You know, it's they're they're all you know. I'm sure Maddie told you they're all pretty silly and over the top gimmicks. But then you know that's the point. You know, you're a narcoleptic pirate. You know, with two peg legs, and it's just like, and it's supposed to be like you know, like what the hell is like? What am I supposed to do? And that's that's the whole point. And you know, it's supposed to be silly and over the top. You know, and just like our you know, you know, that you can kind of do whatever you want. And that's somewhat the point of the lesson is that, you know, really anything can kind of work in wrestling. How many, you know, silly characters have we seen over the years uh, that get really over, you know, as long as it kind of like, you know, the person kind of feels it and really kind of connects to it. You know, the sky's the limit. It's one of the best things about wrestling. Pardon me kind of wants to give you just a gimmick. Have you do a promo right now? <laughs> <laughs> you got to pay for me for that, brother. <laughs> <laughs> What do you think I am? Your dance monkey? <laughs> you want you want to you want to see Chase Del Monte cut a promo? You can you can pay for a chaotic show. <laughs> we just want to see the mask. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. You want to see him? You pay. <laughs> Fair enough. So uh, just backtracking a little bit, uh, you're talking about just how it's uh, a rewarding feeling to see your students just do well and like where other wherever they appear. Uh, recently. Well, well, a few months ago. Well, actually, I'm going to talk a couple of experience from one wrestler in particular. Randy Rivera is having a lot of success. Like in APW, he's their um, New England champ. Yeah. He's a New England champ there. Uh, he just had a little week tour in like London like a month ago. Um, so he's killing it right now. Um, 
how did it feel like just hearing about this stuff and talking about that? Oh God, Randy. <laughs> uh, no, I'm just teasing. Uh, no, it's great. It's great to see him, you know, uh, succeed and kind of get out there. Uh, you know, uh, I, I'll, I can say it, you know, since I'm his trainer, he's a big old dummy. Uh, he's a mimbo, he's a male bimbo. And, you know, so getting a lot of those kind of things like through his head and stuff, uh, you know, can be pretty hard, but it was, you know, it was great. I'd obviously know the promoter out in England that that he uh, worked for. Uh, it was a promoter that me and uh, Brad Cashew went out to uh, last summer as well. So kind of created that connection and then, you know, sent Randy over there for his tour and, you know, getting feedback, you know, from the promoter now seeing one of my students in a more, you know, younger kind of version. Obviously he saw Brad, but Brad is, you know, much further along. Uh, so for, you know, Randy to get out there and just kind of see a different kind of wrestling, you know, it's, it's a lot different out there. And especially just kind of the way uh, LDN is the name of the company, uh, promoted by Sanjay Baga and the way Sanjay runs his shows. I mean, it's crazy. I mean, the guy, you know, is uh, a full-time wrestling promoter. It is his only, you know, source of income. And he, like the, the number of shows he rest, uh, he promotes in a year. I mean, it's close to like 200, um, you know, he like, I mean, week long tours, two shows in two day, or, uh, you know, two shows in the same day, you know, an hour and a half apart from each other, you know, the guy hustles and, you know, it has a very small kind of crew that he uses and a different kind of style in its own and you know especially being on a tour for even just you know a week so like five days if you have two shows a day the for the first three days and then two bigger shows you know towards the weekend you know it's a it's a different style and you know even being you know young as he is it's still you know the uh wear and tear on your body of you know uh, that be six and you know like uh 15 matches across you know just a couple days like you have to adjust your style and kind of you know learn to kind of you know uh just react to different crowds and be able to read them you know so i think it was a very worthwhile experience for him and you know to see him kind of getting out there and succeed you know it's great just to see everyone out there um you know he certainly he certainly has got the look we didn't have to teach him that you know he walked in the door with that and he's got the athleticism and the talent hopefully his big stupid mouth doesn't get him in any trouble keeping on topic of kind of chaotic success stories um i think this is another thing juice might have been alluding to earlier um being a few months ago being the chaotic end of your awards you know, we, we didn't get to talk to them with you since uh, you know, we talked to you back in October. Uh, were there any winners that were surprising to you? I'm trying to remember all the winners. It's been I can new. refresh you if you need it. I have it right. Probably. Yeah, go for that. Pro Wrestler Year was Davey. Moment of the Year was Davey winning uh, the title. That's uh, good. Yep. Uh, Tag Team of the Year, the unit. Uh, what the fuck moment of the year was it's the Fandango. Yep, Fandango turning and joining the unit. Match of the year, Davey versus Jake Dunn, Son of Chaos. Breakout star of the year, Becca. The rookies of the year, New England Pro Wrestling Academy rookies of the year was a tie between Love Doug and Shannon. Uh, Please Come Back Award was Ace Austin. Yeah, Show of the year, final fight. And the last one is favorite venue, which was Boston Marriott, Burlington. Uh, so, really, I mean, I thought the awards were kind of right on point. Um, you know, I, I think I, uh, after 18 years and literally growing up in front of a lot of uh, chaotic fans, uh, I think I have somewhat of a, you know, connection and feel 
feel for what they like and dislike. So I can kind of generally chart those things. So, I mean, most of those are kind of right on uh, where I would assume, you know, the, the venue one was actually, you know, not a surprise since that building was beautiful. I actually have been back in contact with that building because I told them we won the award. It was one of the reasons we waited so long to announce Cold Fury. We were trying to work a way to get back in, uh, into there for Cold Fury. Uh, it didn't work out, but we're hoping to maybe get back in there for another big show coming up. And I think the biggest surprise, that, you know, again, not maybe like, not like it's, you know, so shocking that it happened, but I thought Ace uh, Austin getting breakout star or, you know, uh, Please Come Back Award. Again, I, I think he's a phenomenal talent. Uh, Ace is an absolute great guy, uh, you know, still super young and still so super eager to learn and goes out, out there and kills it. And, you know, uh, him kind of coming in, having a, a match with Cashew, the Please Come Back Award. I mean, it's one of the, you know, reasons why we did <laughs> and brought him back for that match with uh, JT is because, you know, he really did endear himself to the audience. And chaotic wrestling fans, I generally, you know, tell people who are new to our company that uh, our audience can be like historically pretty unkind to newcomers. You know, they grow an attachment uh, to our characters and our uh, talent. So if somebody new comes along, you know, they're kind of giving them a side eye until they really like kind of prove themselves. Uh, this is way back in the day, uh, in the PAV days, but there was a a uh, chaotic guy he trained uh, alongside me and my other, you know, training partners, Tommaso, the Logans, everybody, uh, by the name of Craig Stratton. His gimmick was the uh, big man on canvas. And uh, when he got started, the crowd started to chant at him, new guy sucks. And that was like, you know, that was the gimmick, you know, every time he came out, new guy sucks, new guy sucks. Till one time we had another guy come in uh, from, uh, Delaware and New York area by the name of Scotty Charisma. And they started to chant new guy sucks. And Scotty didn't like know the gimmick or anything. So he like, kind of like goes to the crowd of like, wait, are you guys talking to me? Like, why do I suck? Like I'm being a pretty nice guy. And like the crowd, like, like audibly, like kind of like new guy, old new guy sucks <laughs> and like completely reverse the chant for the rest of the match, you know, to adjust that. And I've always just remembered that, you know, while booking new talent and stuff, because while again, they sometimes can, you know, take that side eye, they also are very quickly to take on to somebody who does kind of endear themselves with it, given, you know, the proper opponent and stuff. So it's uh, always interesting to see. The only other big surprise is I didn't get match of the year. Come on. Well, getting hit with a steel chair got you something at least, but <laughs> yeah, I'd rather it be my matches though than my cranium getting bashed in. <laughs> but I guess I gotta take what I can get. All right, Chase. Well, as we wrap up uh, the interview here tonight, because we don't want to take up too much of your time. Um, typically, we have the dream match question that we ask all of our guests, but you were the first one to answer. You were the first one to answer Shawn Michaels. Everybody yep. else after you pretty much said Shawn Michaels too. Um, <laughs> So we're going to be changing the question up for you since you are somebody who has already answered it. Um, but it is still going to revolve around Shawn Michaels. And this is going to put you on a spot a little bit. So if you need to change your answer or just say four good matches about him, uh, what is your Mount Rushmore of Shawn Michaels matches? Ooh, so just, just mine personally? Yeah, yours personally. Yeah. All right. So it starts with uh, his return match against Triple H at SummerSlam. That was the match that uh, I think I might have told that story uh, last time. That's the match that cemented me uh, wanting to pursue professional wrestling. So that was a big, uh, big one. Him versus uh, Hogan. Love it. Won't hear anyone bash it or say that it's bad. It's fantastic. He was going up against Superman. I don't understand how anyone would expect him to react any way different. Uh, I absolutely love that match. 
uh, angle in him at WrestleMania 21. Fantastic. And then probably the first one with The Undertaker. You know, the, those are the big ones, but I, I kind of like prefer deep cuts with him anyway. You know, kind of like that, you know, like uh, you don't want him to get too big, kind of like, you know, a rock band. You know, I don't want, I don't want to just have the, the most popular matches. Uh, those are the ones that kind of, you know, jump to mind. There's, you know, so many good ones. The Shelton Benjamin one uh, for the Gold Rush, you know, with the super kick off the springboard. I was actually at TD that day for that match and got to like watch that like through the curtain and stuff. So that one just kind of sticks out. I mean, it was a fantastic match irregardless, but, you know, just to be able to kind of see that and like hear the, to be able to like hear and feel and be in that pop uh, when he super kicked him. I mean, it was incredible. I'm jealous. Shelton's one of my guys. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's a pretty respectable Mount Rushmore, though. I mean, I love both the WrestleMania matches that Sean and Undertaker had. I also love the uh, Hell in the Cell match, the first Hell in the Cell match that they yeah. had. Um, that, that's like an absolute classic to me. I'm trying to think of any others, really, too. I mean, the Angle one, definitely, too. A really good one it was Triple H and Michaels. It might have been like 03 or 04 at the last Raw of the year. We actually, it's kind of been ruined for me because we watched it at the Chaotic Training Center for like six months, like once a week, like after class at like nine, like, you know, it'd be like 9, 30, 10 and like, you know, Hollow would pop it in and be like, all right, let's watch uh, Michael's Triple H again. And it's like a, it's like a half hour long match <laughs> and it's fantastic. You know, I, I, again, I forget exactly what year. I think it's 2003, 2004 ish though. And it closes the year. Um, and it's just a, you know, a fantastic raw match. I think that was before their match at the Royal Rumble, the, um, the, was it No Holds Barred? It was before that, right? It was during that feud. That's a while ago. <laughs> I'm, I'm not one of those wrestling fans with like dates and towns and things like that. I'm the worst. I couldn't <laughs> tell you what summer. You know, Rock, uh, Hogan and uh, Michaels, I couldn't tell you which. I know it's SummerSlam. I, I don't know when. <laughs> We'll have to get Scott. We've heard that Scott is a wrestling encyclopedia for stuff like that. He is. And uh, Anthony, Anthony Green, if you guys have had him on or ever do, he knows more about my career and dates and stuff that I've done than, and not just me, anyone. He is like, you know, uh, if you ever heard cagematch.net, it's agmatch.net. Like that's what it really is. The cage and uh, the AG and cage stands for him because he is a, uh, just like almanac of facts. And if we ever have him on, I'll definitely ask him because he's definitely been a dream uh, guest for me too because everyone puts him over. AG is fantastic, both in, in and out of the ring. But all right, Chase, uh, like I said, we don't want to take up too much more of your time, so we just want to say thank you so much for joining us. And with the last few minutes of our show, we like to let our guests plug and promote anything they have going on. Obviously, we talked about Cold Theory, but if you want to keep talking about it, please do. No, Cold Fury, uh, Cold Fury 20, the return of uh, the New England tradition, biggest show generally of the year uh, for chaotic wrestling and I believe in the area. Has, have, haven't had one in two years because of COVID, so it's awesome to be back, uh, bringing Cold Fury back doing it in Lowell, which has been our home base for so, so long. And, you know, having buildings kind of, uh, I think UTech might be somewhat of a new home and kind of like, you know, especially at least for our big shows uh, and keeping some of the smaller than kind of, you know, outs and stuff that we've been doing. But I really think, you know, Cold Fury is the one to see, you know, especially coming off Reloaded and the shows that we've done and kind of like getting here. It's been uh, a long kind of journey. And, you know, I really think this is going to be worth kind of all of that work that's kind of been into it. Uh, New England Pro Wrestling Academy as well. Uh, anyone out there who's looking to start their career as a profession, uh, professional wrestler, 
You know, if you're going to pursue a career, you should probably train with the very best place you can. I believe that's us because we've launched more stars to the WWE than any other school in the country, probably the world. Um, So if you're going by track records, I don't know. I'd go by us. So you can look that up. I think it's neprowrestling.com. Google it, though. You'll find it. Uh, Again, I don't know all that stuff. I have people who do those things for me. As you should. You got too much going on anyway. (laughs) Well, all right, Chase, again, um, thank you so much for joining us. It was a pleasure to have you on as our first repeat guests. Um, We definitely will have you on again in the future, I'm sure. And like I said, it was an absolute pleasure. Thanks for having me, guys. Always a pleasure. Thank you again, Chase, for coming on. And thank you all for listening to that interview. It's uh, Bill and Juice are back, just the two of us, to close this podcast out. Uh, just closing things on Chase. He's doing a hell of a job at Napa. Like, they're producing some of the best rookies out there, like Randy Rivera, Shannon Lavangie, Armani Chaos, just to name a few. Didn't even say Love Doug. Such a big Love Doug mark. Didn't even say him. Well, that goes without saying, because Love Doug is the greatest. Um, but, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of – I didn't say. There's a lot of – I left out, including our boy Maddie Meats, but um, which Chase yeah. had plenty to say about. Did <laughs> <laughs> plenty to say about our Randy too. Yeah, that's a talk for another time. But I uh, love having Chase on, talking wrestle with him, talking WrestleMania, getting his um, insights on it. it. It's cool that the Stone Cold has like I I haven't really seen a bad thing yet. I'm sure there are, but like most people are pretty like consensus how great it is, and I can't help but agree as well because that's fun but uh back to chase that was awesome i loved having on we needed to talk cold fury i'm i'm excited for the event i'm not going to be there i have to watch it a week later on stream which sucks but um bill is gonna be our representative there and i'm sure he will keep me in the loop and also i will facetime in for a match my buddy matt said he'll do that so i'll get to watch love doug uh and big boy season Yes. And I, so I, I didn't want to ask this question during the interview because like, I didn't want it to seem silly, but the match is called an I love you to death match. So I didn't actually expect it to be a full legit death match. I thought it was going to be like a love Doug silly gimmick match. I mean, I thought it would, I didn't, I wasn't thinking death match, but I did think it would be pretty brutal. Cause like the rivalry has been just AC annihilating them. Even that breaking point match, like putting through the doors and just like, He's just been tossing them. It's been brutal. So I think the match couldn't be just goofy. It had to be brutal with a little bit of goofiness at points, but mainly serious and brutal because it's been a brutal rivalry. I've been campaigning for this match for months. Yes. So I can't wait. Yes. And if the people don't know Juice, where can they find us to see your campaigning? Yeah, on uh, Twitter. Capital T, capital O, capital T, capital C, underscore, capital T, lowercase O, lowercase D. Instagram, same thing, but um, yeah, just T-O-T-C, underscore, P-O-T. And that is our socials. Also look for us on YouTube. We've been a little quiet recently, but we'll we'll get a little uptick soon. Like I have a couple plans and, um, you know, uh, we're just, you know, busy with a lot of interviews and stuff and other projects and stuff. So we'll, we'll get back on. Yes, yes, we will. And make sure you also follow our guest on social media who did not promote his own social medias, but that is at Chase Del Monte. Um, and make sure you are also following Chaotic Wrestling at Chaotic Wrestling. 
no G at the end, which I always think is really funny to me. And at the time of this episode releasing, Cold <laughs> Fury will be this Friday at the UTEC Center in Lowell, Massachusetts. Doors open at 7.30 p.m. If you guys are from the New England area, I highly recommend coming to check this show. I will be there with plenty of people with me, and I'll probably be the loudest dude in the crowd. So if you want to come and outchant me for the unit, I'd love to see you there. And even if you don't mind a little for a big event to do a long drive, if you think it's worth it, it definitely will be worth it. This card is stacked. I don't see any of the matches letting down. Like, there's so many great matches. Alpress versus AG, the main event, Davey versus Jason Dunn, the match we talked about, Love Doug versus AC, Vincent of Righteous and his uh, partner Dutch and Matt Taven are going to be a six-man tag match against Mike Verna, uh, Danny Miles, and Trigo G. And there's a lot of other matches to look forward to. It's going to be a stacked card, and there might be a couple surprises that we don't know about. So, yeah, watch it. Uh, go if you can, and watch it on Twitch, which will Chaotic will tell you on their socials when that will be on Twitch. And I will, too, because, you know, I'm going to be watching. I have to watch on Twitch, so. And as always, to end the podcast, please make sure if you guys are listening to us on Apple Music or Spotify that you are giving us a five-star review because if you do not give us a five-star review, you, specifically you, the one not giving us that five-star review, will not get five-star content. And that is just a fact. Fact. And again... Thank you all so much for tuning in. And as we come crashing down to the mat on this episode of Top of the Cage, we want to thank you very much. And we will catch you next time.